Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Demko. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast. Uh, as we're recording this week's episode, it's the end of September. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, our whitetail archery season starts on uh, Saturday, October 1st. You know, across the country, the um, bow seasons are getting underway, whether you live in the Midwest, the East, uh, even uh, many of the states in the South. If you're hunting out west, your archery season's already well underway, uh, pronghorn, uh, early archery elk, and things like that. Um, so today, we're going to talk about one of those essential pieces of equipment, whether you're a tree stand hunter here in the east or you're a backcountry hunter in the west, and that's uh, having a good, high-quality backpack. So I'm really excited to have Chris Nolan and Alex Rich of Mystery Ranch joining us on the program today. Gentlemen, hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, Mark, thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Uh, we're excited to have you on. You know, Chris, you and I had a chance to hunt uh, together last fall in Wisconsin, and, and I had a chance to try one of your new treehouse packs, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But the Mystery Ranch has a a, a really interesting history. You started about uh, just over two decades ago. Um, and Alex, you want to talk a little bit about that backstory, how the company got started, um, and sort of how you've evolved over the past two decades? Sure. Um yeah, our Mystery Ranch was uh, founded by a guy by the name of Dana Gleason. Um, Mystery Ranch is actually, I think, his third or fourth company. Um, so he has a very long legacy of building really high-quality gear. Um, and he started Mystery Ranch around the year 2000, um, kind of turn of the century there. And he was started out building some really, really technical, high-quality outdoor goods, um, very difficult to build, but very high performing pieces. Um, so, and the challenge was it didn't really work out um, as we had planned in the outdoor market, um, but it really caught some eyes kind of in the military space. Um, you know, around then was kind of Iraq war that then um, kind of tailored into Afghanistan conflicts. Um, so a lot of the special operations communities started using um, some of those packs and then actually started getting um, Dana and the team here to, to build very specific packs for the military. Um, you know, things that are, you know, kind of dedicated towards carrying, you know, awkward shaped objects as well as, you know, assault packs and sustainment packs and kind of the whole gamut of um, military packs. And one of the things that's really important about building those military packs is just a really high quality craftsmanship, really strong, durable packs, and they have to be comfortable for long periods of time. I mean, special operations community, these guys are living out of their packs for, you know, days and sometimes weeks on end. So uh, that's kind of how we got our start, um, at least the toehold really in um, that military market. And then that business kind of snowballed into some work in the wildland fire, firefighting business. Um, and then kind of those two together really gave us the platform to like reevaluate our entrance into the outdoor space and then into hunting as well. Yeah. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is and having a chance to hunt with the, the treehouse pack cluster was the high quality from the fabric to um, uh, we're going to talk about this pack in a little bit. I don't want to jump the gun, but um, for the size of it, the depth was absolutely incredible. Um, I'm a guy that likes to, to hunt with. I'd rather have too much room 
not enough room. And the way this pack was built with all the different access points and things like that was absolutely incredible. So um, for, for anybody who uh, hunts with a mystery ranch pack, you know about the high quality. Uh, where I'm going with that is what did you take from the military packs and things like that and bring back into the uh, outdoor world? Yeah, so definitely like things that we took from that military space was obviously the craftsmanship, the quality, um, also kind of functionality and usability. There's a lot of, you know, things in a combat situation that need to be accessed very rapidly. Um, you know, different things need to be at hand, um, you know, for quick access. Um, so we kind of took some of that, some of that thought and ethos and then kind of started putting that into um, both our outdoor products and our hunting products. Um, you know, so the quality, the access, you know, and just kind of, like I said, that general thought process behind building a pack. Um, so we kind of moved all that. We're really pushing for the outdoor market primarily. Um, but something interesting really happened is as we were building some of those military packs, there's a few guys in the office uh, that really started to recognize that, hey, those packs are actually really great for, for hunting, for packing elk quarters specifically. Um, we made a few packs back in the day that were designed to carry ammo crates, were designed to carry um, base plates for mortars, to carry any, even IED robots, you know, really awkward shaped um, heavy objects. Mm -hmm. And well, what's an awkward shaped heavy object is a, you know, it's a rear quarter for, from an elm. Um, <laughs> so these guys, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, these guys internally, they just started using these packs um, on their personal hunts. So we, like I said, we just got like this really organic start into the hunting space, um, you know, and kind of as, you know, we started to grow and snowball, we just really had this opportunity to really flush out in a, in a really cool way that the backcountry hunting line and as well as a lot of outdoor products. And now kind of with the tree houses, we're seeing what we can do, you know, taking those high quality um, and really interesting, you know, design features and like trying to play in that, in that white sail space. Yeah. And like I said, uh, that's a great pack, that Treehouse series. I was really blown away when I had a chance to use it. And, and quite honestly, I use it the rest of the fall on my own tree stand here in my house, which is an incredible pack. And we'll talk about it in a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think uh, if we take a step back and, and you're designing these Western packs, um, you know, uh, looking at it from the thousand foot view, what are some of the main things somebody needs to take into consideration when they're looking for a, a pack? I, you know, I think you think of um, comfort when you're wearing it and you think of, you know, your needs, the versatility. But let's dive into that a little bit. What do you really need to consider if you're looking to get a new backpack? And maybe we have to come at this from the perspective of a backcountry pack and a day pack. But uh, um, I think that's good advice to share with people because uh, I myself am always wondering what makes this pack better than the other pack. Yeah. So you kind of touched on a few things uh, in your opening about, you know, things that you really need for a hunt, um, a good bow, good quality broadheads. Um, we have a saying in the West when it comes to backcountry hunting is you need two things. You need high quality boots, you need a high quality backpack. Um, not that, you know, a bow or a rifle is necessarily peripheral, but if you don't have those two things, you're going to have a bad time. Um, so we don't make footwear. So the other thing that we bring to the table is, is those high quality backpacks. Um, and you know, I, I have a hard time not delving too deep into the technical aspects. And Chris, maybe you can fill in a little bit about, um, you know, kind of from that Easterner's point of view, like coming out West and doing a little bit of hunting, uh, what makes our packs like the go-to in your opinion? 
Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is like you have to always be looking at, um, you know, the the end goal of your hunt, right? So you go into um, a sports store and you're looking at buying a pack to go on an elk hunt. Um, you know, everything's going to feel comfortable when you throw it on your back with no weight in it, right? And and so it doesn't really matter what you know what brands you're looking at. You have to always keep in mind like what the end goal is and. And just like you said, Alex, you know, like uh, boots in a backpack are going to make or break your hunt. And you get yourself in a situation where you are traveling from from east to west, which I did being originally from Michigan. And and, you know, you knock down an elk and you're five miles deep in the backcountry. And next thing you know, you got 80 to 120 pound loads that you got to get back to a vehicle. And if your pack can't handle that, you're going to have a really, really bad experience on the mountain. Um and that's what Mystery Ranch really focuses on, right? Like that's that goes back to the roots of of building these super bomb-proof, durable packs for the military. Is is you know we want to uh, you know we're trying to build the most comfortable, durable pack that's going to carry the heaviest load uh, comfortably. Um, and and so you always got to keep that in mind, you know. And that doesn't apply to everything, right? Like obviously we're making day packs, and now we're getting into whitetail and. And it's a little bit off track of what our roots really started from, from that durable bomb proof, you know, uh, design. Um, but you always got to look at the end goal. It doesn't matter if you're going whitetail hunting, what's your end goal. If you're going elk hunting, what's the end goal. You got to make sure that your pack can handle that. Yeah. And I, I want to touch on something that, uh, you just brought up is, is the comfort of trying to get a, an elk five miles, uh, out of the mountains. Um, what are some of those factors behind the scenes that go into making that as comfortable as possible? Because if, if you don't have like, say, for example, uh, the ability to have good load distribution in your, in your setup, or um, if it just doesn't sit well on your shoulders. So there's a lot of things you guys got to think of behind the scenes. Can you do a little bit of a deeper dive into some of those things that are so important as you're designing packs? Yeah. And I can, I can just touch base on like, you know, I think, you know, Alex, you can probably go into more like the tech detail and, and foams that are used in the waist belts and whatnot, but the number one thing, Mark, is fit, right? Like if, if you got a backpack on and granted, it might be durable and it can handle 100 pounds, but if it doesn't fit your body, it's still going to be an uncomfortable experience. And that's where Mr. Ranch really shines. You know, the adjustable torso system in our unit, which is basically the, you know, the back, the, the shoulder pad um, uh, part of the backpack is adjustable up and down. So you can custom fit most Mr. Ranch backpacks specifically to your torso measurement, which is a spinal measurement. And that makes a world of difference uh, when you're carrying around heavy loads in the mountains. Yeah, no, absolutely. To totally agree. Alex, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, um, I was just going to, you know, kind of add on that, like from a design perspective, you know, a lot of a lot of companies put a lot of time and energy designing a really cool, well-working um, bag. but then the frame and the harnessing almost seems like an afterthought. And, you know, from our process, we like to think about things in the other direction. We like to start with the user and try to fit our harnessing and our framing onto the user and then worry about the attaching a cool bag to it afterwards. Um, so yeah, that the most challenging part of designing a, a load bearing pack specifically, but all packs in general, is really the interface between the human body and the pack itself, you know, Humans come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes, as we all know. Um, so being able to fit those people, you know, all the different user types um, very well and get almost that like custom fit 
um, is really important. And that's something that we pride ourselves on doing pretty well. You know, talking about uh, some of the things that you work on behind the scenes, what's the process for developing a package? Is this something that takes several years when you have an idea from bringing it from um, the idea stage until you're able to put it out in the market? Is this something you're working on for a long time behind the scenes? Yeah, normally our process on developing new product um, starts anywhere from two to three years before it actually gets released to the market. Um, and talking about the whitetail packs specifically, we're ready to go to market with one of the whitetail packs, uh, with one of the tree houses. And, you know, Chris took it out on a hunt and, you know, kind of pointed out that it wasn't, wasn't up to our standards. Um, so we actually ended up punting that um, and came out with it a season or two later. Um, so it can be a pretty long drawn out process, but we're, we're not really willing to go to market with something that we're not happy with. Um, so it, it might've been a little bit longer than we like going in between the two different iterations of the, the first tree house that we released and the current release. Um, but the reason being is we wanted to make it, make it right. Yeah. Yeah. And just to add to that, Mark, and, and one thing that is really unique to Mystery Ranch, I think, is that all of our designers are, are also sewers. Um, so the, uh, you know, the original uh, designs that, you know, our product team is coming up with are actually being sewn in, you know, right at Mystery Ranch. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times over the years Alex has walked up to my desk and he just throws a pack at me or throw a new accessory at, at me. And he's like, I just sewed this thing up. Go take it for a walk. Let me know what you think. You know, and it's we're not sitting on, you know, CAD programs and, and designing something on a computer and then sending it off to get sewn up and then back for, you know, prototyping and testing. And we're doing a lot of that in-house. And I think it does give us an advantage and, and also helps us, you know, really fine tune, uh, you know, to the user needs, right? Cause we can, we can prototype and design quicker um, being able to sell in-house. Yeah, and, and obviously you have that on the ground experience, uh, you know, the, the doing that grassroots work when a pack's ready to be tested, you have the ability to get out in the field. And so you can share that knowledge with the other first. And I, and I think that's gonna be one of the other things that's really interesting about uh, uh, your packs. And, you know, the other thing we should probably touch on is, is how about uh, the exteriors and the fabrics? What do you need to consider when you're when you're looking at a pack? Uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was using that treehouse pack, I was... Um, impressed at how quiet that pack was you know uh, everybody tries to make a quiet pack but you had some kind of like i don't want to call it like soft fleece polyester fabric but it was actually rather quiet and that's really important in the deer woods where like everything seems amplified <laughs> at least to the deer so uh, i noticed that right away yeah so normally um any fabric that we're going to use gets vetted through a pretty rigorous battery of tests uh puncture abrasion tear you know um hydrostatic testing so trying to force water through the fabric and see how much pressure it can take before it starts to leak um so we do that with every fabric that we use on any pack no matter military fire outdoor or hunting pack um so that's kind of where we always start is we find cool fabrics we put them through a battery of tests and then make sure that they're up to our standards before we before we even think about putting it on a product um in the the material that we use for the whitetail pack uh, is it's really interesting because it's um, it's actually a bonded mesh. Um, so one of the things that's really neat about it is the reason it is so quiet is because the fibers are actually, I believe it was like 0.5 mil long or one mil long. Um, so there's actually like these long hairy fibers that exist on the outside of the pack that really help dampen any noise. Um, you know, just like a, a wool or fleece or, you know, even hair on an animal. 
um, that would really dampen any noise as they're going through brush. So we were trying to take that same approach. Um, but then using long fiber uh, materials, you're also, you know, looking at different issues that we run into as far as like, does it collect burrs? Does it get heavy when it's wet? You know, some of these other um, outstanding things. So I know there's a couple of companies that will use um, like a fleece fabric. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the issues that we all know with, you know, fleece type things is if you walk through a, you know, a stand of brush, you're going to come out, you know, just covered in burrs. Um, so one of the reasons that we chose the fabric that we did is all the fibers are straight. They're not napped. Um, so as you're walking through burrs, yeah, the fabric might pick some up, but since the fibers are straight, you can just kind of comb them right on. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the huge advantages of going with the material that we did. Um, you know, the second one is noise. That was a huge priority. We, we had experimented with some, um, other materials prior to this that just, they weren't quite enough. Um, and it, it's always a delicate balance, you know, kind of talking about that battery to test um, that I touched on earlier is a lot of fabrics that are quote unquote quiet fabrics um, tend to be brushed materials. So you could take a normal polyester or nylon fabric um, and then at the factory level, they'll actually abrade that material um, to get it to be a little fuzzy. Um, and that's where the term brush comes from. Um, so we've experimented with some of those fabrics, but then putting that through our battery of tests is like, well, you're taking a perfectly good fabric and you're braiding it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So whatever testing qualities you had from that material is already going to be degraded because you just abraded the top surface of it. So we found that if we went with a bonded laminate, um, with that laminated mesh, we're actually getting better test results than some of our normal materials because we're actually adding more to it without adding a ton of weight. Well, you know, um, when you and I got together last year, Chris, you know, I had a chance to try out that tree stone package, tree house pack, excuse me. We were talking about sort of weaving it in and out here, but let's, let's take a look at that pack. Um, you had sort of a version of this pack for a couple of years, uh, but you've sort of revamped the lineup and now you have two different models. You have the 38, which I think is like 23 or 2400 cubic inches of space. And then you have the 20, which is about uh, 1200 or 1300 cubic inches of space. So you have two different versions of this treehouse series now. And as I mentioned, when I when I hunted with it um, throughout the fall last year, there was a couple of things that I, I really loved. It was quiet. It was built where it was, um, I would like to use the word streamlined. So it was deceptively deep. I'm a guy that's gonna take base layers, an extra fleece or jacket in the woods. Uh, I like to throw everything in the pack and if I never touch 90% of it, uh, I'd rather do that than find I'm missing something like a grunt tube or something else. And uh, so this pack was awesome. It, it was It's designed so you can um, strap it right to your tree. You could even hang it next to you in the tree. Um, but it's really made to be right there with you and to be easily accessible. You know, on the uh, on the one side of the pack, you had zippers on both sides. You could pull them down and get into any part of the pack you need to. And then had this great um, flip back top. You guys can correct me on what you call it, but it has this flip back top where uh, you can keep your main accessories right in the top. Uh, and you can actually get at them even if the pack lid is closed from an exterior zipper. So there, there's so many things to like about this pack. It's really practical for whitetail and tree stand hunters. but uh, Let's talk a little bit about um, what you guys were thinking of when you decided to get into this tree stand line. What were the main goals for you? What did you really want to accomplish for for deer hunters? 
Yeah. Mark, I can't remember, were you, were you using the 20 liter or the 38 liter on the hot in Wisconsin? I was using the bigger one, the 38. I love it. It's just the greatest thing. Yeah, the 38 liter. Yeah, you know, I mean, the original version, Alex, was what? A, it was a 30 liter bag um, before we launched the new tree houses. And, um, you, you know, it was a, a Cordura fabric. It was it was our first attempt at, you know, diving into the whitetail market. And and I think we, you know, we quickly realized that it's not really a one pack does it all for, for whitetail hunters, you know? And so um, the 20 liter, uh, which is the smallest in lineup right now, really is designed specifically around that you know truck to tree stand hunter um you know it's it's a it's a minimalist style pack um in the sense that it's just a simple day pack but it is just full of features and designed specifically around the tree stand hunter um so you know the exterior pockets give you quick access to you know lots of different gear that you're carrying with you um the flip top lid that opens away from the tree is one of my favorite features, you know? So whether you have your pack hung up on the tree um, on just, uh, you know, some sort of tree step or, or an accessory um, hanger, um, or you're using the strap that's designed to go around the tree, um, we know in some certain areas, you can't actually put steps in the tree. So if you're using the strap that goes around it, um, that lid opens up away from the tree, giving you super quick access into your bag. And it's cool because it really creates this kind of like workspace. Um, so when you're up there in a tree stand and you got your pack off to your side and that lid is opened up away from you, um, one, there's a zippered pocket on top that you can get into from the inside of the lid or the outside, uh, which is great. Um, when that lid's open, Alex has designed this pack to create like a little shelf um, in between the mesh pocket and the main part of the bag. And I use that constantly. I mean, my rangefinder is sitting right there. Anything that like, you know, you got to just like quick get to you know, uh, no sound, super easy. Um, uh, the G hook access into the bag is also really cool. So there's buckles that you can, you know, obviously clip together when you're going in, but when you're up there, if you do get some weather and you want to close the lid, it's a simple G hook style that goes uh, through a nylon loop, right? So you're not up there actually click, uh, clicking buckles if you need to get into it. Um, and then when you're in the actual bag, I mean, all the features are up high and, and easy to get, right? So all the pockets are going to be designed kind of around the top of the bag. And most of them are just simple, like cinch style that you can reach into. There is a zipper pocket as well uh, for securing gear. But, you know, it's, it's great when you're up there and, you know, you've got an extra beanie, you've got some snacks, you've got grunt tube, you've got, uh, you know, anything that you're going to need quick access to in a tree stand. So... Um, but that 20 liter, you know, super, super small, great for that truck to tree stand. And then the 38 liter is, is basically, you know, a very similar design, but it's, it's quite a bit bigger, obviously. Um, and uh, it has zipper access into the outside of the bag as well, which is different between the 20 liter or different from the 20 liter. Um, and when you unzip it, there's two stays that Alex designed uh, to keep the bag when it's on the tree stand, it'll open up, but it's not the, the back part of the bag isn't going to fall all the way down and dump all your gear on the ground, which is really important, right? Um, so, and, and, you know, both of these bags have external compression. And, and so if you're, you know, early season or quick access, the 20 liters perfect if you're doing you know, going in, you're walking in a mile, right? You don't want to sweat walking in your tree stand and you need more, you need more space. You're going to load up 38 liter with your whole hunting system. 
Um, if you're going deep in on public land, you know, the external compression straps are great because you can carry saddle systems with them. You can attach, you know, I've carried my, my lone wolf tree stand on the back and had climbing six on the side and, and been able to walk in long distances and carry my entire hunting system and a tree stand with me on the way in. So um, the 38.2 is also something to know, uh, you know, is, is, you know, even just in the testing stages and a few of my friends that have used it, um, uh, camera, you know, gear and people who are filming hunts and doing that, the 38 liter is great. It's, it's more of a big boxy shape. Um, so, uh, yeah, two really kind of, you know, similar designs, but two different functions really between the, the 20 liter and the 38 liter. Yeah, and I have to to touch on that that thirty that that, that pack is 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 very spacious. And um, in my role, I take a camera in a lot, and so I, you know you're really able to get a lot in there from your accessories to your extra clothing. Uh, like you said, I like to walk into the tree stand, and then I'll put my my um, clothes on so that I'm not all um, perspired and things like that. And uh, then I can still get my camera and my lenses and things like that. And it was just an impressive pack from top to bottom. And that that flip open top, I just want to uh, mention to everybody. There are no zippers on that. So it's really, I mean, it's like the easiest thing I've ever seen to access. You flip that lid open or you can come in right by when the zipper and I'll keep my range finder in there. Um, my uh, gloves and things like that, a grunt tube that I need right at my fingertips. Uh, I don't like to stuff all my pockets all the time on uh, on my jacket with stuff. So uh, that's great. And that streamlined um, shape of the pack really makes it easy to fit with you in the stand when you have a pretty confined space. So uh, well done on that pack. Yeah, thank you. Now, um, Alex, what are some of the other things that you were considering as you were putting that that pack together what, behind the scenes? What went into the design of that? Because it is different than a lot of the packs that are on the market right now. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Um, one of the places that we kind of get a lot of inspiration from is certainly other packs that are on the market, but um, kind of feedback that we get from customers on what, what other people or what we're doing wrong, um, you know, on their packs or their carry systems or how they're organizing their gear. Um, you know, and a lot of whitetail packs that are on the market kind of are your normal book bag, panel loading style backpack, um, which tend to slouch. They tend to, you know, kind of relegate most of your gear towards the bottom. Um, and a lot of the, the extra pockets that you have, you might get one pocket on top, but most of the pockets are down low. Um, so one of the big priorities that we had, you know, kind of developing this pack is making sure that everything, especially the small items can be held up high. Um, you know, the last thing you need is to be search digging around in your bag, looking for a range finder or your handheld release, um, or snacks or anything else that might be making noise when you're trying to get it out. Um, especially if you're having a deer come in close to the stand, you want to be able to access that stuff quick, quietly, and easily. Um, so that was one of the big things is like, Hey, how do we get all of your gear up high. Um, so you're not rooting through your bag, trying to find um, the gear that you're, that you need. Um, the other thing too, is a, a lot of packs, you know, the guys are using in tree stands tend to be once hung rather formless. So if you opened up a zipper or opened up a pocket, the pocket would end up caving in on itself. So you're kind of fighting that extra fabric getting into the inside of your pack. So that's why we went to more of a rigid box style construction um, where the back panel, the side panels, uh, and the bottom are all foamed out. Um, so that way, like the sides stay erect and rigid, the back stays rigid. So 
the, you're not fighting the pack trying to get to the inside of it. Um, everything just like stands tall and neat and just really organizes your gear in a really, um, well, what I hope is a very thought out, um, you know, organ, organized way to access everything. You didn't realize it, but you were actually thinking of me when you designed this pack. I was talking about <laughs> yeah. the more traditional packs. I would open it thinking for one thing and it knocks six other things to the ground. And you sit up there going like this. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the, the the way that pack was designed with uh with the um, semi rigid structure and the ability to get in a lot of the different areas usually is just uh, makes it a really versatile pack. So um, yeah. you know, and I'd, I should I'd like to add too one of the things that we really wanted to make sure, especially on the bigger pack, is that we we really stuck to that that our promise of um, really load bearing good quality gear. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, as Chris pointed out, he's carried a tree stand with climbing sticks you know, and his entire like fanatic suit, you know, in that pack. And once you load all that stuff up, we're talking, you know, probably north of 30 pounds. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so, you know, you're carrying something with a wimpy waist belt and some skinny shoulder pads, like that's going to hurt, you know, and cause some discomfort, especially if you're going over a mile to your tree stand, um, you know, which yeah. we know some of the public land guys are doing that. Um, so by putting that adjustable, um, yo harnessing system on there and a nice waist belt. Um, you're going to get a lot better carry out of out of that pack system with weight um, than you would, you know, off of you know something from you know the tractor supply store, or, you know, whatever you know folks are getting from their local shop. Yeah, that's one thing we didn't know uh, originally. Um, and now is just touching on the 38 has you know full adjustable harnessing, you know, design for load bearing and the, the 20 liter is just a, a fixed shoulder strap style uh, bag. There's no waist belt on the 20 liter. Yeah. And since we're talking about, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to point out that like, even with our fixed harnessing bags, um, we still put like really nice foam um, in the shoulder pads and the, the framing technology that we put on the inside of the pack is also very robust. So even mm -hmm. though the harnessing isn't adjustable, you still get a really comfortable carry. You know, now we're talking about the, the these packs. Uh, what are the dimensions? What are the weights of each pack? We should probably share that with everybody as well. Sure, I've got it right in front of me here, Alex. So, uh, the twenty liter uh, we have listed at uh, two point eight pounds, and it's uh, one thousand two hundred seventy five cubic inches, and the dimensions are twenty point five inches by ten point five inches by eleven inches. And the 38 liter is coming in at 4.5 pounds. It's 2,370 cubic inches. And the dimensions are 23.25 by 13 by 12.25 inches. Yeah, and thank you for that. And so for everybody who's listening, you can check these out at mysteryranch.com. Uh, go on the website. Um, they have a great website, easy to navigate. And uh, you, you have a diverse array of packs that we've been talking from backcountry packs to this newer whitetail series. But uh, before we let you go, I don't know if you guys can share anything, but what's on the horizon for Mystery Ranch? Can you give us a little preview of what you might be working on for next year, if anything? Um, <laughs> nothing but cool stuff, Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, we've... So with the, the new textile development that we have on the, the treehouse packs, um, we're looking at putting that on a couple other pieces. Um, that'll probably be coming out next fall, I believe it is. Um, so definitely keep your eyes peeled for those coming out. Um, and those, some of those things are just really going to complement, um, you know, the line that we currently have 
and, you know, really kind of target some of those more very specific users that have like one specific way they want to hunt. And I think some of these, these packs that we're going to put out there are going to be really cool for those guys. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what you guys are going to roll out because as we know, everything you put out is high quality um, and it's really um, adaptable across many hunting situations. And uh, so, you know, before we let you go, is there anything else you wanted to add? We've covered a lot as far as what you look for if you're buying a pack. We've talked about the new Treehouse series. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up today? Yeah, nothing specifically. I would just say, yeah, I mean, even though our roots come from from military and building the most durable bomb-proof packs to Western big game, just, you know, keep an eye on Mystery Ranch as we move forward. And, and uh, you know, uh, the Whitetail Market is something that we're super passionate about, and we're, we're really excited to be a part of it now. And the Treehouse is, is just the start for us. We're going we're gonna to keep doing what we can in our end to, to make uh, Whitetail hunting more comfortable. And, and uh, yeah looking forward to it so well we're excited well uh, everybody as you're hunting this fall if you're looking for a new pack whether you're a whitetail hunter and you want to check out the treehouse series or you're looking for a new pack for your next uh, elk hunt out west uh, make sure you check out mystery ranch uh, and good luck as everybody's out hunting this fall we'll see you next time on the bow hunting podcast thanks for downloading the peterson's bow hunting podcast all bow hunting all the time Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com.